want you to grab your Bibles tonight, and I want you to hold them, or if you've, whatever you've got. I hope you bring the pages. The pages are powerful. But if you need to grab your iPad, that's okay. We forgive you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Grab your phone. Grab your iPad. Grab your Bible. Let's hold it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Lord, tonight we say that your word is the final authority. Your word is the final authority over our lives. Hallelujah. Lord, we say that we will hide your word in our heart. We will tuck your word away in our heart that we will not sin against you. God, that we honor your word. We tremble at your word. God, that we are a people that tremble at your word. Lord, we love you, but we also fear you. We love you, but we also worship you. And Lord, we say, let your word be lit on fire in our lives in 2024. And that your word is our final authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Open your Bibles tonight, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12. That's where we're going to start tonight. That's just where we're going to start Thanks, Cody. Love you. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. Are you there tonight? We're going to start there. And we're going to go some places. And I've been asking the Lord to really help me to carry this word, as I am every time, because um, it's my responsibility not only to carry the word, but to release it with his heart and carry the word properly as a, as a gift to the body of Christ. That's so important. <clears throat> and we, we are in an hour where the truth needs to be told. I said we're in an hour where the truth needs to be told. We are... <clears throat> We are stepping into our fast tomorrow, and that means, that means some people from Victory will be at Carabas until midnight. <laughs> I just called you out. I'm sorry. You'll see. Now, they closed at 11. I don't know how I know this. <laughs> they do close at 11. But our people have been known to order bread and sit in the parking lot and just talk for the remainder hour till the fast begins. So, <laughs> you guys. So, all jokes aside, we are stepping into our holiness and humility fast. This could be, this could be the very most important fast of your life. We have been... We've been very diligent of trying to develop a culture of strong prayer, strong intercession, and fasting at this church. It's a pillar in this church. When you walk, in, when you walk into this church, there's actually unseen pillars in the spirit realm. And these unseen pillars hold the house up. The unseen pillars literally are the edifice. It is the structure that houses the presence of God. Are you with me? Are you hearing this? 
it is, it is what holds up the structure. And in the DNA of this house is the unseen pillars of prayer and intercession, but also of fasting. And this is not a religious duty. This is a love language unto God. Let me say that again. Fasting is not a religious duty. It is a love language unto God that he hearkens unto us when we give ourselves as, as a living sacrifice unto God. When we present ourselves, God watches over as we stand at attention and we say, God, we want to be consecrated vessels of honor. We want to be vessels, as I prayed over us earlier, of gold, of silver, of precious stones. Amen? We don't want to be vessels of wood, hay, and stubble. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're talking Bible tonight. We're not people of wood, hay, and stubble. We are people of the gold, of the silver, of the precious stones, which only the Holy Spirit can craft and create on the inside of you. You got gold inside of you. Come on, touch somebody. Say, you got gold inside of you. So we're stepping in time. We're stepping in a time in a week. Man, it took you guys a long time to say that. You had to say it to five people. What's going on here? Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves, and I'll drink some coffee. I don't know what's going on here. You know, I just discerned what's happening. You guys, you guys started poking each other, and then you said, I'll see you at Carabas. <laughs> yeah. So... We are, we are living, we are living in a, I, I believe that we are living in the greatest time, the greatest era, the greatest hour of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on planet earth. That's really where I want to begin. I believe the greatest days of the church are not found in church history. I believe the greatest days of the church are just before us, before the soon coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Christ Jesus. And we're going there tonight, and I want to speak life tonight. I want to speak faith to you. I want to speak life to you. I want to speak faith to you. I want to build you up tonight. I want to strengthen you and edify you. But we have to talk straight because there's a lot going on in the world right now. And if I only get up here and I tell you the beautiful truth, I've done you a real dis disservice. Even though the beautiful truth is still the truth, there's also the ugly truth that is happening simultaneously. And if we bury our heads in the sand and we act like it's not going on, woe to us. And woe to us if we be silent at an hour where the world needs the voice of the church more than ever. We're in a sad time, and we're in a wild time, and it's a time of exposure. It's a, it's a time of overturning, and it's a time where God is bringing his own firestorm. God is bringing his own firestorm, ladies and gentlemen. He's bringing his own purging storm of his holy fire. He's dealing with, with what must be dealt with. And these prayers in this church, because 
We are a part of the ecclesia that is all around the world. We are a part of the true church, the praying church, the burning church. We're not part of the fake and phony church that, that is all around us. We're not part of that. We are part of the real church that Jesus himself says he's building. There is a church that man is building, and it's fake and phony. But there is also a church that Jesus himself is building that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. I am, I'm looking. I'm looking, and I'm listening for something right now. And here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm listening for. We're seeing so much wild stuff. Wild. Let's, let's, let's just edit that. Let's take out the word stuff and let's just say sin. We're seeing so much wild, sick, vile sin in the church. And the crazy thing is, is the silence about it. it. Since March of 2020, when the whole scamdemic, plandemic, the UN 2030 agenda for a reset started and launched its course into the nations, call it what you wish. Nice hat, Nate. That's good. So back to the message. The world's been absolutely crazy. And yet, amazingly, in the church, there was a bizarre silence. A bizarre silence. You can go in some of these churches, even in our region. Some of the churches in our region shut down for 15, 16 months. This is real. They didn't want to say a word. They didn't want to speak anything that would ruffle feathers. They wanted to placate everything, go along to get along. They were scared to death to say anything of meat and substance that would make people actually put on their thinking cap. And so during that time, I, I was watching. This is a time when, when the church was being told that we were not essential. How many of you remember that? This is the time when pastors were being arrested. How many of you remember that? This is, what, this is the time where the church was actually fighting court battles to stay open. You remember that? And that, that, was just, that was just the storm that's just come through, and now there's other bands of the storm that's getting ready to come. And what's strange is, is I see and you see Wild exposure happening not, over, not only in the secular world, because it's long overdue, but now we're seeing such hideous sin that breaks our heart, that grieves us, that hurts us, that wounds us, that makes us pray differently, that makes us see the church differently. I am looking and I'm listening for the fathers. I'm, I'm just looking for the fathers and the mothers. How many of you remember that Malachi prophesied, he prophesied about the spirit of Elijah 
And what would the spirit of Elijah do? It would turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Are you with me? He said, this has to happen unless I will strike the earth with a curse. I have to do this. I, I have to send this level of anointing to bring restoration of fathers to sons and daughters and, and sons and daughters back to fathers so I can't curse the earth and curse the nations or curse the ground. Are you hearing me? I'm listening for them. I, I, I'm looking for fathers to speak about some of the deplorable things that we're seeing in the church right now. And unless you... and. If you think if you think that I'm standing up here trying to be the new sheriff in town, you don't know me. Then you don't know me. What I'm trying to do is to be a messenger from God and speak the truth and stand up and call the church to holiness, to integrity, to character, to be restored back to who we are called to be so that we're not looking like a bunch of ignoramuses in in the Greek that means you'll get it later that we we start looking like ignoramuses to the world folks it it, it is wrong that it, it it is requiring the world to correct the church it is wrong it is time for the church to start course correcting the church. It is time for the church to start course correcting the leaders of the church. It's long overdue. I need you to stay with me tonight, please. So I'm listening, and I'm looking for the fathers. I'm looking for the mothers, the spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. I am here tonight to be a faithful witness and a faithful messenger to the Lord. Here's the thing. I'm going to stand before God, first and foremost, for my life, my character, my integrity, for my marriage, for our covenant, for our kids, for the ministry and the anointing that God put on our lives, I will be held accountable for it. You will not be. I will not be held accountable for your life, for your life, for your marriage, for your kids. Hello. And tonight I'm going to say some things, and I, I need you to understand. If you don't know this yet, I'm just going to say it very plainly. I am not here for you to start liking me. And that, that makes some of you a little nervous. I'm not here for you to like me. A lot of pastors all over our country, they're so political themselves. They're playing political games. They want to placate with everything. Placate with everything. Go along to get along. Go along to get along. With everybody in the church so that somehow, you know, maybe, maybe the next year is going to come and they're in a denomination where they need to be re-voted in. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's it. Or maybe they're being fleeced behind the, 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 uh, 
the walls, you know, when the elders and the, the board grabs a hold of them and sorts them out and maybe tells them, you can't say that here and you can't preach that here. And hello, that goes on all over. That goes on all over. I'm not here for you to like me. I, I haven't been checking my polls lately in Sarasota. I, I haven't been checking my polls lately at Victory to see what is my percentage, what's my strategy, what, what's my polls looking like here at Victory. You can stay or you can go. I'm not concerned about that. I'm not concerned about that. I am concerned about people making it to heaven. I am concerned about people living for God their whole lives. Not not burning for God three years, five years. How about three decades, five decades? Until we see Jesus in the sky receiving the bride of Christ. Come on. Come on, church. I'm going to preach. I'm going to go the distance tonight. I'm not mad at anybody, and I'm talking to you. I'm not talking down to you. I may have the luxury of, of, uh, or the, let's just scratch that. It's not the luxury. It's the honor. It's the honor and the privilege to be behind this and have the microphone. It's a high honor, a high honor. I'm here to make sure people make it to heaven. I have been called to make sure I come along men and come along women to make sure they finish strong. I want you to finish strong. I want you to take... I feel so far away from you tonight. I need to stay up here because of the, the live stream. They've told me, try to stay on the stage. And I'm trying, but I feel like a caged lion. I... <laughs> I, I dedicated lion tonight, so we, okay. I, I want to come get you. Do we have any lions in the house? Come on, do we have any lions in the house? Come on. <laughs> I, I believe what I'm speaking about tonight is of the utmost importance, not just for those that are in this room. But those that are watching online, this will go into our video archive. Some people will get this message in days from now. They'll get it weeks from now. And folks, listen, the letters, the letters that people write me from e just, just the Torch podcast and the things that happen in this room here in Sarasota, Florida, this isn't all over America. Frankly, this message is not over, all over America. People write me from uh, some of the, the hellhole places even that Glenn and Jenny would completely understand, and you know what I mean when I say that, th that are just raging out of control with the spirit of anarchy in that region, in the, in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Insanity. People that will write us, write us out of that region, write us out of California, write us out of Idaho, Write us all over, out of New Mexico, that somebody sent them the Torch podcast. Somebody sent them a word from this church, and it's feeding them. 
It's feeding them. It's giving them strength. It's nourishing them for the last days to live victorious, to live clean, to live holy, to live sanctified, consecrated before God. I want to be that messenger. I've made my vows to the Lord. I've made my vows to my wife. I've made my vows to this church, to our ministry. We are going to keep burning in holiness and in the fear of the Lord. And we're going to do everything we can to walk before God in integrity with our lives, with our conduct, with our word, with our sex lives, with our money, with everything that we do. We're going to honor God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hebrews 12. First scripture. And I got a few. Keep coming, Lord. Keep coming. Hebrews 12, 28. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. I need you to take that personal tonight. See that you, not the person sitting next to you, not the person you think is hoping, you're hoping they're watching online tonight. You, you, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Notice those words. If we turn away from him who speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth, but now is promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as of the things that are made, so that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. What's he talking about? He's saying... There's a revealing. There's an unveiling of what God has built that is unshakable. What God has built, what the Lord is building himself in these last days will be unshakable. You need to take some notes tonight because I'm going to go some places. Stay with me. Go the distance, please. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. He's not an indifferent bystander just watching everything go by. He's a God of all consuming fire. Let me tell you something about Jesus that I know. You set Jesus in the midst of any pack of people, and what is in them will begin to manifest. You set the real Jesus. You set. Not, not the Jesus that some churches just kind of play around with. They don't want the untamed lion roaming in their church. They want the tamed lion sitting outside by the sign 
which implies that Jesus lives there, that his presence is actually there. That's the kind of Jesus and that's the kind of lion that they want. So it attracts the people to come in. But if that untamed lion ever really walked through the aisles of that church, there would be a whole lot of honky-tonk going on. I don't know where I got that, and we'll discover it later. There's, there's got to be Hebrew for it. It's crazy. The real Jesus, you set, you set the real Jesus in the midst. You're going to find out what's in people. You all know what that means, what I'm talking about. You all know what it means. And I want you to grab hold of this. Sandra, last night when we were, we were having the young adults cell group, and we were throwing the ball around. We literally took a football and a baseball. We kind of threw the ball around. People were sharing. And, and the first word that Sandra gave was the word protect for this year, protect. But the second word she gave was unshakable. Thanks, Sandra. And when she said unshakable, the Lord, the Lord just lifted me up and took me back into 2020. And in 2020, when we were all trying to figure it out, what in, what in the world is this? What is happening? How are the nations and the cities shutting down in hours, in days, and businesses, and banks, and churches? And what, what in the world is this? Where we were trying to make heads or tails of what is going on. This is what I began to hear the Lord say. He spoke to me very plainly. It's in a journal at my house right now. And this is what God said to me. He said, watch me build my church. What I build is unstoppable. He said, nothing can stop my work at this time. Nothing. Watch me build my church. What I build is unstoppable. And then he said to me, Brian, what I build is immovable. He said, what I build, son, is immovable. While you're going to watch with your own eyes everything else drifting all around you, my people that I'm building, they are going to be anchored, anchored in the rock of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They will be immovable in this hour. We're not only going to be unstoppable, we will be immovable. And then he said, what I build, son, is incorruptible. The true church that Jesus is building is not a church of worldly mixture. The true church that Jesus is building is not the church of pollution. Toxic, worldly pollution. Where, where it's, like, it's like the church is celebrating all the stars of the world. They've made them their stars. And guess what? The cracking open of... Uh, a cracking open of Jeffrey Epstein's infamous black book is just the beginning of all the stars that people have worshipped and they're going to see those stars taken down. Amen. 
It's long overdue. It's long overdue. He said the real church is unstoppable, son. It's immovable. It's incorruptible. Side note, everything, in, remember, remember last week before we had our fire tunnel? How many of you enjoyed the fire tunnel? Come on. I'd like to do another one tonight. If you're game on, I might be game on. <laughs> that fire tunnel was amazing. But if you remember, we started walking through the tabernacle. Do you know, do you know that everything made for the tabernacle by Moses was, it was made out of acacia wood? Why, was it, why did God tell? Moses didn't know it. Moses didn't know it. God told him, I want you to make it all out of acacia wood, and then I want you to overlay it with gold, pure gold, pure gold. Acacia wood is the only wood that is incorruptible wood. And it speaks of the humanity and the divinity of Jesus himself. Christ could not be corrupted. That's awesome. They did their worst. The Pharisees, Sadducees, I mean, they did their worst. They tried to call Jesus out. Oh, man, we don't like how you do this. We don't like how your disciples do this. We're kind of sick of your message, Jesus. They couldn't get him. They couldn't catch him in anything. He was incorruptible. And overladen, it was pure gold, which speaks of his divine divinity of the Son of Man, but also the Son of God. He said the church will be incorruptible, the church that I build. I believe that God, you may want to write it down to remember it. I believe God is not shaking the real church right now. I don't believe that God is shaking the real church right now. He's protecting the real church. <laughs> He's protecting the real church by his own power and his own mercy right now. Are you listening? Are you with me? Are you going to go the distance tonight? I have to go the distance. God's not shaking the real church. He's protecting the real church by his own grace and by his own power and his own mercy. The true church right now is being purified. The true church right now is being glorified. Come on, sit up straight in your chair and just know that's who you are. God is purifying you. He is glorifying you. He is making you most beautiful as the bride of Christ right now. The Holy Spirit is preparing the true church for the coming of the bridegroom. In the true church, what's starting to be lit on fire is the Maranatha cry. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit, say it with me, the Spirit and the bride say, come. 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 I'm feeling a Kim Clement sneaking up on me right now. The Spirit and the bride say, come. It's a Maranatha cry that's coming up out of the true church. The true church, folks, is not being shaken. We're being protected in the grace and the mercy of God. But I want to tell you what is shaken. What is being shaken? Oh, my. 
a lot is being shaken. First, Thess- First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Put it in your notes tonight. I'm going to read it out of the New King James. No, out of the NIV. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept, say it, blameless. Say it, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it again. Read it with me. May may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is shaking and exposing those in the church who have been contaminated by the spirit of this age. God is shaking those who have not kept themselves clean. God is shaking those who have ignored and ignored and ignored the warnings of the Holy Spirit that they were told to heed. And he said, he, Jesus said, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. The people who are being shaken in this hour, they have been flirting and letting themselves move into the spirit of this age. They've been dabbling. They've been mixing. They've been mixing it up, stirring it up, dabbling with the spirit of this age, worshiping the stars of the world. And they're being shaken. And it's ugly. And it's heartbreaking. It's scary. I said, it's scary. And why is God doing it? Exposure ultimately is to save, heal, and redeem. Isn't it? God is so merciful that he's still reaching. He's still reaching for those who have made a mess of it. He longs to save them. He longs to heal them. He longs to deliver them. He wants to make them free. Are you still in this room? Are you still here? 1 Timothy chapter 1. Go there. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Timothy, my dear son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier May they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. Y'all see those words? Don't forget, dear church, my friends, this is the Lord's battle. Are you hearing me? This is the Lord's battle. He said, Timothy, don't forget about the prophetic words over your life. Use them to wage a good warfare. Use them to fight well in the Lord's battle. Look at the next words. Cling to your faith in Christ. Cling to it. All right, guys, this message is like fire in my bones. Cling to your faith in Christ. My God. Watch these next words. And keep your conscience clean. What does that mean? I'm going to give you these words. Keep your integrity. Somebody say it tonight. Keep your integrity. 
Say it again. Keep your integrity. Say it again, church. Keep your integrity. Watch what he said. Keep your conscience clean. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Whoa. Whoa. Stop right there. Whoa. They didn't guard. They didn't guard their conscience. They didn't, they didn't guard the treasure within. They didn't guard the treasure. They didn't guard their life. They didn't guard their conscience. They didn't keep integrity. They didn't keep character. And what happened was they ended up shipwrecking their faith. And while I say these words over you, some of you are seeing pictures in your mind of people you know who once loved God, once walked with God, once stood in the church and lift their hands, once went into the baptismal tank and had baptism waters on their face, once answered altar calls, but now, where are they now? Where are they now? They're sitting in clubs. You know where they're at. This can never be your story. You can never allow your life and your faith to be shipwrecked. You've got to keep your conscience clean before God. You've got to esteem holiness. Say, God, I want to be holy before you. I want to live holy. I want to be holy. I want to reflect your holiness in a generation that's gone absolutely mad and bonkers. Matthew 16, Jesus said he's building the church. Matthew 16, 13 to 20. Put it in your notes tonight. We've already talked so much about it because Jesus says, I'm going to build a church. It's not built on man. It wasn't built on man. It wasn't built on Peter, ladies and gentlemen. It was built on a living revelation that Jesus Christ was the son of the living God. Can I get an amen in this church? Oh, can I get an amen in this church? He said, I'm going to build a church, and it's on this revelation. Flesh and blood has not shown you this, Peter. Flesh and blood has not shown you this, Peter. My Father has revealed this to you. And on this rock, this revelation that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not even going to be able to prevail against it. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, in these last days, in these last days, God will have a church that hell cannot corrupt. Hell cannot stop. Hell cannot defile. I'm doing my best, honey. Are you here? Okay. All right. So there's a lot happening in the world. There's a lot of exposure happening in the world. It's not breaking news. I'm not here to be breaking news. And I'm not here to be the new sheriff in town either. All of us have seen the news concerning Jeffrey Epstein, convicted pedophile. The infamous black book is now out. Names are out everywhere. Former President Bill Clinton is right in the forefront of all of it. Everybody's seeing it. The news is on fire. Social media is on fire. Fire. Nationally and internationally. It's sick. It's sick. It's sick. 
It's dark. It's demonic. And you know what? People have been suppressing this truth for so long. And I'm going to tell you what, the fire and the, listen, the fire and the indignation of God burns against those who suppress the truth. In Romans chapter 1, God, in Romans chapter 1, you write it down, brother. Romans chapter 1, God says, the wrath of God comes on those who suppress the truth. Well, you know, that's Old Testament and that's Old Covenant. We're under a great grace of God and that's how not that's how God doesn't see things anymore you're flat wrong you are wrong you're dead wrong you're dead wrong God says I will pour my wrath on those who suppress the truth you want to torment these children you want to torment these little girls and these little boys you want to you want to torment and torture and sexually abuse these women and you think the wrath of God is not coming? You think the earth is not responding right now to what is going on? We're about to see some wild stuff in these last days. And you better believe God is not going to stop until he's finished. God is not going to stop until he's finished. You better hear me tonight. You better hear me tonight. God is a consuming Fire! He is not going to stop until his work is accomplished. He's coming with fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand. He's going to deal with every enemy. Every enemy. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He ain't afraid of death. He ain't afraid of death. He ain't afraid of blood. There's going to be blood all the way up to the horse's bridle. He ain't backing down. You ain't going to get him to stop. You ain't going to get him to relent. He's going to mow them down. I want to preach like this this entire year. I slept about 40 minutes last night. You don't need to know the story. It's true. I slept about 40 minutes last night. You can't believe how exhausted I am. I'm telling you, it's the anointing of God. It's the fire of the Lord. It's the fire of the Lord. He's not going to stop. He's an all-consuming fire. He's coming. Oh, he's coming. And his wrath is coming with him. And I say, come, Lord. Let it bring it on. Bring it on. You want a word for, you want a, you want a word for 2024? You want a hip Little theme word, little prophetic theme, brace yourself. Brace yourself. Amen, Bren? Brace yourself. I'm telling you right now, you better brace yourself. And while all the sexual immorality is the talk of the nation, it's the world. It's the spirit of the world. It's everywhere. Every, listen, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about, but now everybody in the church world is talking about all the crazy lunacy and sin that is now emerging to the top. And like I said at the beginning of this train, I'm listening for the fathers. I'm listening. I'm listening for the, the, the spiritual fathers and the mothers. 
And, I, and I'm telling you, folks, and I say this humbly, God knows, God knows, my wife knows I say this humbly. I am constrained by the Holy Spirit as a messenger from God to speak what I have to speak in this hour. I don't have the luxury of giving you a nice little sermonette for the Christianettes. I don't have the luxury of doing that. When God called little Brian, when I was saved at seven years of age, when he called me, when he called me to the ministry at 13, and I could take you to that church, and I could show you where I was called to the ministry, and I could show you where he called me again weeks later into the ministry to confirm it. And then the battering ram of heaven and the hammer of heaven sculpting me, beating me, sculpting me, beating me, cleaning me, cleaning me, sculpting me, cleaning me. God, I don't, I'm afraid of the ministry. I'm afraid to get up in front of people. I'm afraid to be a voice. God, you could choose somebody far better than me. You could choose somebody far better than me. A young teenager. Oh, God, I've seen too much. My innocence has been so disastrously ruined. God, you have to call somebody else. But God was patient and kept hand hammering me. Just like he hand hammered, Moses had to hand hammer the Ark of the Covenant and said, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work this. I'm going to clean you. I'm going to clean you. I've called you. I've called you out. I'm going to make you a vessel of honor. I'm going to make you a vessel of honor. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to make you a voice. I'm going to make you a voice. I'm going to make you my voice. I'm going to make you my messenger. Here I am, 50 years old, and I look at the world and all that I have been through, all my wife and I have been through, the meat grinder of ministry. The journey, the people, the journey, the people, the hardship, the training of the Lord, the discipline of the Lord, the humbling of the Lord, the embarrassment of seeing what is out there. See, because when I see ministers out there falling, I take it very personal. They're running in my lane. I'm running in their lane. We're in the same league. You understand? We're in the same league. And when I look at them and I see them falling, falling. My God, church, my God, how in the world can, can Mike Bickle sit in a prayer room 24-7? And for decades now, there's been behind closed doors sexual sin, sexual abuse, manipulating people prophetically to get what they want sexually. I'm telling you, it's, it's, the, it's the worst thing when you see people using Jesus for what they want. And I'll tell you what, heaven's upset over it. And God's coming for it. The gavel's going to fall. The gavel's falling. The gavel's not only falling on all the stars, it's falling, it's falling in the church. 
that's been dabbling and playing around. The gavel's going to fall in the church. You know, remember, God's not shaking the true church. He's protecting the true church because that church is unstoppable, unshakable, incorruptible. He's doing his purifying, glorifying work in it. But everybody else, boy, this is not the time to be screwing around, ladies and gentlemen. And it's, it's stunning. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. <laughs> it breaks my heart. God. I remember when a mentor of mine said to me years ago, and another man of God said, me, said to me the exact same thing many years before that mentor. He said, he said greater men than you and I have already fallen. I don't know what that does to you. I don't, I don't know. As you're looking at me and I'm looking at you, I don't know what that does to you. But I'm telling you what, that penetrates my soul. There are better people. I mean, they were out there running, running, running. T.D. Jakes running, 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 running. The voice, the voice, the voice, the preacher. The Charles Spurgeon of our, of our hour. The Charles Spurgeon of our day. The prince of preachers. And now we're seeing sexual insanity. And nobody was calling it out for years. No one was calling out. I mean, I mean, thing after thing after thing. Him sitting on the co cozy couch with Oprah. Leaving his Christian network and going on Oprah's network. Hanging out with all the inclusive preachers. Celebrating the homosexual preachers when he knew it all along. People wouldn't renounce it. Spiritual fathers, spiritual fathers and mothers would say nothing. And there's, there is oceans of spiritual sons and daughters watching all of these games go on and saying, for God's sake, is somebody going to say something? For God's sake, when is somebody going to say something? Or are we just going to continue to pray the, play the little charismatic games in the charismatic zoo? You better know that the Holy Spirit that you have been given can keep you clean. The Holy Spirit has been given to you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives and dwells in you can keep you clean in this hour. Can keep you holy in this hour. Can keep you burning in this hour. You may see a thousand fall at your right hand. Ten thousand at your left. You don't know. But God can keep you in his grip and make you a holy vessel. A vessel of honor. A vessel that's clean. Y'all still with me? There are, there are spiritual fathers in my life. There are spiritual fathers in my life that if they were to fall like Mike Bickle, it would literally crush my soul. 
They've been in my life for decades. Decades. I've never met Mike Bickle. I've never shaken his hand. I've never been to Kansas City IHOP. I've read three of his books. His books were powerful. Powerful. And I read them many years ago. They impacted my life. They impacted the blueprint of my ministry. It touched me. But there are people in my life who I love and esteem so much that if, if that happened to them like it's happened to Mike, folks, people are being crushed. Body, the body of Christ is bleeding out. They're bleeding out. People are, people are hurting. People are broken. People are, people are angry. People are frustrated. There's, there's thousands of young students in Kansas City right now that, that, that obeyed the call of God. They're young. They're young. They're in Kansas City right now. They're trying to figure out the next leg of their race. They're trying to figure out their own purpose. They're trying to figure out their own destiny. They're trying to figure out how to do it right. That's what we're praying to. That all the insanity doesn't cause them to give up and quit and leave. And that God can keep them safe and God can keep them pure and God can keep them holy for decades on end until they see the King of Glory come. And God is able. I said God is able. God is able. I don't remember what year it was. Brent may remember, but I remember when God spoke to me and he said, Son, I need you to start speaking this to America. And I need you to start declaring this to the church and to the people of your nation for grace to come upon them for the truth that is about to be poured out. Before them. Because the gravity of the truth is going to become so overwhelming to people. They won't be able to handle it. We need a whole nother measure of grace right now, don't we? And I'm about done. And I'm going to see what time it is. Yeah, I'm about done. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Paul lays this out really strong, really strong, where he says God is saying to come out from the world. Come out from the world. And he makes this unusual. It, 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 it's, it's, you got to remember the Holy Spirit breathed on Paul to write it like this. It, it's not random. He was moved upon by the Spirit of God. This is the Word of God. How many of you believe this is the Word of God? I mean, I, I mean, we're in 2024. Is there any people that still believe this is really the Word of God? Or, or now you're on the fence and you're playing the teeter-totter and it once was and now you're not sure and, and it can be changed and now you can do this and now you can be homosexual and be Christian and now you can, you can live like hell and still call yourself a believer and you're, and you're, and you're, or, or is this the final authority? The Apostle Paul was moved on by the Holy Spirit, and he wrote these words. And these are powerful, powerful words. He said, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What's he getting at? 
You will be poisoned by the mixture and the toxins of this world. If you flirt around, listen, if you flirt around, if you flirt around and play with the world, you do, you do that little plane of mixture. Again, I'm not here to make you like me. I'm here to make sure you make heaven. You flirt around with the world, you're going to find yourself in trouble. He said, don't be unequally yoked with them. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? And we know the answer to this. It's none. It's none. What accord has Christ with Belial, which means Satan? None. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you yourselves are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk among them, and I will be their God. He said, I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. Do not touch what is unclean. Then I will receive you, and I'll be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. Notice that. There's a call. You have to come out from the spirit of this age. You've got to come out from the world. You, you have to come out of it. And then God says, if you'll do that, You'll be my son and my daughter, and I'll be your father. Therefore, beloved, keep reading chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, beloved, having these precious promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's where I want to live. That, that is where I want to live. I'm not trying to be famous. I don't need to be celebrated by the world. I don't need that. We're not trying to build the biggest ministry and, 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 and the most culturally relevant ministry. We're not trying to do that. I want to live at that address. I want us to be a family that we fear the Lord. I actually want us to be a family that burns into fear of the Lord so strong that when people come in who have been playing the game, all of a sudden they are confronted with a divine confrontation that they go, whoa, whoa, stop me in my tracks, whoa. You better believe God is an all-consuming fire. He'll stop you in your tracks, and he'll sort you out, and he'll deal with you. And this is the kind of preaching that will keep you saved. It's time for sons and daughters to be holy. Let's all smile about that. We're going into the holiness and humility fast for the next seven days. It's time for us to be holy and clean. Amen. Why? Because we want to do this for our king. I am doing this for my king. You didn't call me into the ministry. He did. I didn't die for you. 
He did. You don't belong to me. You belong to him. I want to do this for our king. I want to be holy for the king. I want you to be holy. I want to look in your eyes. I want to see you burning this year in 2024. I want to, see, I want to look in your eyes and see you burning, burning, burning and go, oh, there's Jesus. Dear God, Jesus is in them. Wow, wow. Are you hearing me? Put these scriptures in your notes. I'm not going to elaborate on them. I'm just going to tell you Matthew 25 is so important right now. It's time for fresh oil. It's time. It's the time of the wise virgins and the foolish virgins, folks. It's time for the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. When the friends of the bridegroom went out to call and say, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Prepare yourself. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Make yourself ready. Get ready, get ready. The bridegroom is coming. The wise virgins had enough oil at that time to light their lamps and get ready and prepared to go out and meet the bridegroom. And the foolish ones, they didn't have the oil. And they said, oh, give us some of your oil. Give us some of yours. They said, we can't, we, we can't do that. I mean, if we, if we go to do that, we're not going to have enough for ourselves and we're going to miss his coming. Study it. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's the words of Jesus himself, Matthew 25. I don't know. But there were five wise and five foolish. Does that mean, does that mean 50% of the church thinks they're ready? And they're not. I don't know. But I tell you, to ascend into the presence of God, God wants people with clean hands and pure hearts. Clean hands and pure hearts. And it only comes by the blood of Jesus. And here's the good news. Jesus is building a true church that is unstoppable. It is immovable. It is incorruptible. And I want to speak this word over you out of Romans. And we're going to close. And I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to come to this altar. If, if we were ending tonight by communion, I would read to you these words of the Apostle Paul, examine yourself. That's what he said. Examine yourself. I'm not examining you. You are called to examine yourself. He said, don't receive this cup and this bread unworthily. Don't, don't you dare do that. Paul raised the bar and said, you don't play around with this. This is holy unto God. He said, you don't play with this. This is holy. When you take the cup, when you take the bread, this is holy. And he said, examine yourself. And tonight, examine your own life and your heart. The Holy Spirit's been examining and if there's any area in your life that's out of sync with the Holy Spirit, get it right tonight. Get it right tonight. Get it right tonight. If there are places in your life that you must repent of, do it tonight. Do it tonight. Let the blood of Jesus come upon you and wash you and cleanse you. Do it tonight. Don't miss it. We're going to open up the altars in just a little bit.
And this altar is going to be open for everybody. And I'm going to give an altar call like they used to give when I grew up in church that I got excited about when my pastor, when my pastor got done thundering, who's in heaven right now with my dad. He'd give the altar call and the whole church would just get up and we would be before the Lord and we'd pray. And we'd get up against the stairs and we'd get up against the kneelers and we would pray and we would seek God. And we would humble ourselves. We would humble ourselves and get low before God and pray and tarry and wait. Where do you see that nowadays? Especially in the church of America. So I'm going to open the altars in a little bit. But I want to close here. With Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor height or depth, nor any creative thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's going to protect the true church in the shaking by his grace and mercy. and He is glorifying and redeeming the true church, the church that fears him. The church is going to arise and shine for your light has come. You're going to arise and you're going to burn. You're going to get in this fast, and you're going to rise, and you're going to burn. You're going to rise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is going to be seen and manifested upon you. And though there's deep darkness upon the earth, gross darkness on the people, the glory of the Lord will be seen on you. The glory of the Lord is going to be seen on the true church. The glory... Glory of God is going to be seen and manifested upon you. You're going to shine bright like stars. Stars of righteousness, it says in the book of Daniel. That's you. And that's me. God's called us to fear him. I want to fear him. I want to live right there. I want to fear him. I want to worship him. I want to honor him. Cody, I don't want you to come. I want, I want um, our media team to help us just put something gently, gently and soft in the sound system just to help us in the altars tonight. I don't want it too loud or overbearing. I love you. I love you. I care for you. I care for you. You're the people of God. You're the people of God, called by his name. You're the beloved. You're the beloved. You're called out. You're chosen. You're a consecrated vessel. I'm married to a consecrated vessel. You're the vessels of God. You're the vessels of gold and silver and precious stones. That's who you are. You're not the vessels of wood, hay, stone. We're the real church. 
We don't want anything in our life to grieve the Holy Spirit. We want to walk by faith, and we want to walk pure. We want to please God. We don't want to be the people who's playing games, showing up to church and playing the game. Showing up to church but playing a game. That's not what's happening here. That's not what this is about. We want to burn for Jesus until the bridegroom comes. And we <laughs> touch somebody. We see Jesus face to face. Brent, think of it. We've lived for Jesus all of our lives. And we're going to look him right in the face. He's coming. He's coming. And I'm just a messenger. I'm a friend of the bridegroom saying, get ready. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Get ready. Get ready. And you're going to make it. And you're going to be there. And I'm going to be there when they open up the book of life and they read Victoria Faith Gibbs. <laughs> And I'll be like, yeah, that's my champion right there. That's my daughter. They'll read Cody Sells. Sander Sells. I'll lift the glass right there. Be like, that's right. Bryn Gibbs. Philip and Susie Pala. And we'll lift the, the toast to the king. Won't we, Doug? Won't we, Monica? We'll do it. We've done it in Jerusalem together, but we're going to do it in the new Jerusalem. And we're not going to worship with our eyes closed. We're going to worship with our eyes open, looking directly at him and being in awe of him. In awe of him. In awe of him. Let's pray. Let's pray. Take a hand. Jesus... Jesus, have your church. Jesus, 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 have your church. Have your church. Clean, clean your church, God. Clean your church. May we fear you. May we fear you. Reverential fear. God, may we touch not anything. May we come out from the world completely. The, mind, the mindset of the world, the thinking of the world, the foolish wisdom of man, the, the wisdom of man, the folly of man. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, deliver us. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, have your church. Have your church. Have your way in us, God. Holy Spirit, make the church, make all of us blameless, spirit, soul, and body at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray it with me, God. Make, make me blameless, spirit, soul, and body at your coming. Pray it over your life right now. Holy Spirit, make me blameless, spirit, soul, and body at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it, Lord. Do it. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
And if you're in this room, if you're in this room or you're watching me online, I don't know who's watching. There's no way to even know who's watching or what state you're in right now. This is the night to give your life to Jesus Christ. Oh, it's imperative. This is the night. You can give your life to Christ. You can give your life to Christ right now. You can do it right now by making the decision. I don't even need to polyparrot you through a prayer. You can say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I make you my Lord and King. I repent of my sins. I renounce my sins. I renounce my life, my past. Do it now. It's imperative. Now, today is the day of salvation. Today. Not tomorrow, today. We're going to open the altars tonight. I just ask you to come. Spend time with God. You can turn in your chair. Make your, make your aisle way of an altar. You can do it up here. Church, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I bless you. I love you. Let's do this. Let's step into this fast, strong. Amen. The altars are open. Good night, everybody.